Hey, what is up? And welcome back to the podcast, Becoming the Characters, which is the podcast, Dallas Prater. And today I'm going to continue to talk about how I've been building the Jones Room, you know, some of the tactics and the strategies that I've used to kind of, um, you know, get that movement going along um, using the information I learned from the multitude, the many, um, entrepreneurs that I spent the last year interviewing for the Becoming the Character Summit, um, which is at becomingthecharacter.com, or at least it should be, it might not be up anymore, um, but you can register for free and listen to the interviews that are guiding me to building this movement that is massively, uh, that will be massively acclaimed and profitable and therefore it will deliver to me a, a great deal of significance. Um, because this with this podcast is about becoming a character that is at the head of a movement in being paid and significant therefore um because that is what i think a lot of people in this world would like um but one of the things that you know i talk about on the summit a lot was you know one of the questions that i asked i don't remember you know the necessarily the direct answers i got to this question but how is it that you would in, induct people into your mass movement? Like, how would you get people to actually see um, and be attracted to what it is that you're doing? Because everybody has ideas. You know, everybody has opportunities that they would like the people around them to, you know, to partake in. But finding people in, you know, finding people in general... You know, let alone, you know, the idea of persuading people to actually partake in this, this idea. Finding people who are ready, willing, and able to participate in the movements that you want to build. You know, to you know, the people who will be the seeds uh, or, or the embers to spark, you know, the spark that'll, that'll create the flame of your movement. It's a very hard task, you know, and that's one of the essential parts of building a movement. Um in the first place and becoming the head of the movement as a character how is it you be that person that brings people to you and to what you represent like a moth to a flame um if you look in even russell brunson's first book dot com secrets um you know he lays out really all of business in a nutshell in like the first chapter with what he calls the secret formula and i have it up on google um but the secret formula is essentially it, it, it is who like who are you selling to it is where where are those customers at this debate what are you using to actually convert them into your customers or into you know members of your society members of your culture members of your mass movement and what is the result that you'll bring to them that pretty much is really a broad overview of what all you know all of business is I mean I think Ty Lopez had a I took his social media marketing course uh, in 2018. I think he had a similar version. It was like, where where is your traffic coming from? That's what they call it in the business world. People who will come into your business, who will come into your mass movement, they call that traffic. It's like traffic on the highway going into your business or going to a particular location. Um, and then they say, where is it that you'll convert them? Uh, so you'll send them to a website, a landing page, or something like that. How is it that you'll convert them? And then the last part is like retargeting. Um, a variation of the same idea. But one of the hardest parts for everybody who wants to build a mass movement, myself included, was just, you know, 
how is it that I'll actually find people? You know, I've tried and failed multiple times over the last few years to build a great and successful business. And one of the reasons that I failed a lot was like, you know, how is this that I, how is it that I find people uh, in a way that's inexpensive? Because I've spent so much to this point on Facebook ads that my Facebook ads accounts are closed down because I'm poor and I can't actually pay them back. Um, and it's not a lot of money. My Facebook and Google ads are shut down and I'm probably not allowed to advertise on the platform again. I don't know if I paid it, if it would be different uh, or if they kind of just banned my account. But they say you cannot create ads on this account as of right now. On Facebook, I owe probably like 270 uh, well, maybe like 3 340 across two accounts. And on on Google, I owe like probably 350, which I'll probably I'll I'll definitely pay that back pretty soon uh, as I get free cash. You know, as I said, I don't know if I said it on this podcast, but I'm taking out loans just to pay rent um, because I have bad poor spending habits, and um, rent is in life, you know, as a whole, is a tremendous expense. Um, but that's neither here nor there, you know, as business has gone on, you know, it's been the biggest battle to get people into my business, into my landing page, into my movies to be converted in the first place. Um, and so, you know, listening over and over and over again to the summer interviews um, and what I was learning from them, uh, I kind of just started to expand the ways, you know, I, I kind of tried to become more creative and, and just sit back and look at the bigger picture and be more open-minded in the ways that I thought about getting people in traffic into my movement. Um, a lot of the summit is about converting traffic and you know and converting people into followers, into believers and fans of what it is that you propose. But, um, you know, here and there, I would get a gold nugget about, you know, just being open-minded. Um, it's, it's, it's a lot of strategy opposed to tactics, but, but really just being open-minded. And um, as Russell Brunson says it, uh, you know, putting your message, uh, not not giving your message to everybody, but making your message more visible to the culture of people who want to see it. And so I was just brainstorming the last few weeks, actually, about how it is I would actually do that to make the Jones Room more visible to the people who wants to hear this idea. And... Um, you know, um, it, th- there, there's, uh, there's a, a pyramid, okay. Uh, there, there are multiple pyramids that define why we do things as people. Um, the first one is a Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's a hierarchy of human motivation that describes the ways in which we're motivated. Uh, everybody knows that pyramid, but one of the pyramids that is less known, I think, is you know the, um, the, <coughs> excuse me levels of competence and i'm going to look it up right now just to verify what i'm saying i think it's also by uh abraham maslow abraham maslow whatever his name is um but yes yeah, this pyramid is is the different levels of competence and uh yeah, you know i'm going to go full circle i know i kind of go off on offshoot tangents or whatever but the levels of competence competence is a mastery of a skill or subject that can be measured with five 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 levels uh, the first one is unconscious incompetence. Essentially, you don't know that you're bad at something. You don't even know that you don't know. The second level is conscious incompetence. Uh, you know you're bad at something. Uh, you know you know there's so much to learn. Uh, the next level is conscious competence. You're good at something when you're really focusing and really thinking about it. Uh, the last, the next level is unconscious competence, and it's like you do something 
without really thinking about it like you have like you know a great finesse um in you know the fifth level which i've really never heard of is conscious unconscious competence um you know uh well well i guess you know as a wrestler this kind of makes sense this is kind of when you do things unconsciously but you're completely aware of how you do them like wrestling uh for example you will be able to do a move unconsciously but you know sometimes you'll get past the point uh, sometimes you'll 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 be asked to coach a move that you do very well, and you won't be able to really break it down in a way that kind of makes sense to others. And so, when you're able to do things unconsciously, but you're aware of the mechanics that go into it, that's kind of uh, I think what what unconscious competence is, uh, conscious unconscious competence. But the formal formally the uh, 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 initially what I thought was the level last level was unconscious competence, and. You know, essentially unconscious competence is when you're really competent, when you're really good at something. And so, you know, for the last few weeks, my process, as opposed to finding ways to get traffic better, um, I think is what most people do. Instead of brainstorming on the issue, whenever I want to discover a new way to do something, a better way to do something, I try to just sit back and chill almost in a meditative state and just go about my life until the idea comes to me. One of the most uh interesting one of the most one of the most quotes that have interested me the most in the last few weeks is uh questions and in re- invite revelation we've probably all heard that um but it's interesting to me because you know i think is there's a psychological principle that if your brain asks a question or something like that it has to come up with an answer and um I think the psychological principle that I'm actually referring to is that even if you ask yourself a question, like you're working on a problem um, and you walk away and you focus consciously on other things, your brain, your subconscious will figure out the problem. And that's why, you know, you'll have trouble with a homework or something like that. And you won't know how to do it, even if you're brainstorming, trying your best. But then you walk away, take a break and come back later. And it's like, oh, I got it. You know, that's the reason why, you know, a lot of your epiphanies might strike you in odd places, in odd areas, you know, like in the shower. Uh, I've had some people say it happens when they're mowing the lawn, when they're working out. A lot of my epiphanies, I realize is a pattern throughout my life, happen when I'm really not trying to solve the issue at hand. I'm not, you know, giving myself a headache trying to focus on it. And, you know, I think... You know, through through the years of marketing and and, and, and asking questions, you know, um, you know, my, you know, you know, I've 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 developed, you know, an ability, and we all innately have the ability, like I explained with the homework, I believe, to, you know, to to better solve. I, I developed a degree, or we all innately have a degree. I'm not sure which, you know, because I don't remember in the beginning how I solved problems. Um, but I guess innately we all have a degree of unconscious competence in, in a weird way. Like, I, I don't know, because, you know, I guess it's something that you do develop. But anyway, I rely on unconscious competence because it's the highest form of competence. And so I solve all problems unconsciously. When, 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 it, when, when I pose the question to myself, how is it that you, you know, um, you know, how is it that you get traffic i don't focus and sit there and think about it you know and you put on my marketing cap but you know i just walk away and you know allow the you know the realization to come when it does because i know my subconscious is working on it these might be completely separate ideas that i'm kind of hashing together 
but you know I'm just trying to explain the process the best way I know how but anyway so the last few weeks I've been sitting back just you know just going going through our life and, and looking around and observing what it is that was happening around me and um, so I work at a casino down south uh, you know from where I live and every single day we hop on the highway me and my girlfriend because she drives not me um, because she has a car and I don't um, we drive down the highway and uh, to, to my job at the casino it takes about depending on the day sometimes on the weekends 20 30 you know 20 18 16 minutes but on the weekdays it's like an hour 20 because LA traffic is crazy but I drive we drive down this casino day in and day out you know and now with daylight saving time the sun's going down a little early earlier and things like that but you know the drive oftentimes you're going to work is pretty uh pretty mundane it's not much really going on you know you kind of mellow mood because you're about to go in and clock an eight hour shift and uh you know you know get to get to doing what you got to do but you know uh believe it or not it was doing one of those trips that i discovered something that kind of sent me in a direction it helped me with the traffic problem you know so every day we get to the intersection right in front of my job um and i'm not going to tell you it was at the intersection um but we go down to this intersection and everything well i, I guess i should describe the or whatever at the intersection one thing I noticed was that there was always this, well, one of the things that my girlfriend pointed out to me, like a m- multiple days in a row, I don't know why she was just fascinated with, I guess there was this guy that goes in the intersection and he takes these little balls and he juggles them. He, you know, it's, it's cool. Actually, he walks literally across the crosswalk into the middle of the street when there's a red light and he starts to juggle these balls. And, uh, you know, it's cool because now that, you know, the sun's setting a little earlier, his balls like they glow up in the dark and he's juggling these balls and they glowing in the dark and it's a really fascinating process and then when he's done you know uh just as the light turns green he runs through the traffic and kind of collects the tips that people offer him and at first i thought it was just really cool like i thought nothing of it but i'm like wow this is really cool um but then weeks started to pass like weeks really started to go by and like every day i would i would see this guy and i'm like I actually tipped him five dollars once because I'm like, you know, just fascinated with the entire process, like the hustling. Like I'm like, this is American dream. Um, it was the one day we got to that stoplight, and I don't know why I was just looking at him, and you know, in, in you know, just just letting sink the fact that I've seen this man for weeks in a row at the same time every single day. Um. You know, you know, thought just crossed my mind. I just asked myself, like, why is he here every day? Like, furthermore, like, I'm going in this job, I'm going to this casino, and you know, grinding my life away, uh, and everything that I dream of being an entrepreneur, being free. Clearly, he has the ability to do it. He's here every day. Why would why would you come here every day? And like, how how could you do that? You know, like, how is that possible? Um, and the uh, most obvious answer that I come up with was that. Oh, this is this is he is he is an entrepreneur. This is a profitable thing. He makes money. You know? And if he's making money, um obviously he has solved the problem of traffic. Uh, you know, just looking at the circumstance of it, it, it kind of seems silly, but 
it really dawned on me in that moment that us, the literal traffic, was his traffic. You know, traffic is not a thing of people migrating from podcasts to web pages or from Facebook ads to web pages. Traffic is, you know, any gathering of people who are able to buy your product. Traffic is everywhere. Traffic is all around us at all times. And for some people, you know, we, we, we overcomplicate the idea of what traffic is. We severely overcomplicate it. But it really is a simple thing. It can be very, very simple. Every day I go out and get stuck in L.A. traffic, I'm amongst millions of, well, hundreds of thousands of people who are buyers to something. And just seeing him going every day, going out there and hustling every day and really, like, if he's coming out here really making money every day, uh, it really inspired me to really think about traffic in a different way. Because, as I said before, it's something that is all around us at all times, if you know how to access it. And so I started thinking about it less in an internet sense and started thinking about it in a in the sense of what it is in its essence, people. And just based off what he was doing, I started the first thing I did with the Jones Room was devising my own campaign to reach local traffic because he's going out here every day. It doesn't cost him anything. It's completely it's free. And everything he makes in profit, he keeps. Um and so the first thing I did was, this is actually pretty funny. Um, I actually thought of the plate, the most populous places that I know, you know, where, where, where are people, you know, and there were thoughts and things that popped in my head, like, okay, well, there are people in these places, but like, is there really enough people for me to make money? One of the first places I thought of was the Santa Monica Pier. And, you know, I was thinking, okay, I'll go out to the Santa Monica Pier and, you know, essentially do what the people on the Santa Monica Pier do, you know, does. There are a lot of people on the Santa Monica Pier that have posters and they're artists and they're violin players and they're joggers and joggers and they're they're musicians. They rap and things like that. And they go out there and hustle every day and some of them make money. Um, Again, you know, I'm thinking about the entire time, like, well, I don't want to be like these people on Santa Monica Pier. Like they're not really making enough money. Um, I want to, you know, I want more traffic to my business. I want it a little more than what that peer has to offer. Um, but then just sitting back for the next few days and just really thinking about it, I realized like how, how many businesses are at the end of that peer? You know, that's the question I asked myself, like, and I'm looking at it, like I went to a peer burger. I went to, you know, there, you know, there's probably like a Starbucks down there. There's a there's a restaurant where I went and ate calamari on my birthday last year because it's my favorite food. Uh, there's Mary Posas, which is a Mexican restaurant. There are huge buildings on that pier. What I realize is that while it seems like foot traffic is not something that's, you know, valid or, 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 or profitable, what I realize is just really looking at the pier, like there's enough people coming down here to sustain all of these buildings and all the staff within and so therefore there must be millions of dollars flowing down this pier every day and i'm just not tapping into it if i can jump in front of this traffic and convert enough of it i can make a successful businesses like the businesses on this pier who have employees that are fed just from the traffic on this pier you know even shark tank i was listening to shark tank a few days ago and damon john he said in order to start his first business and sell t-shirts uh, this was probably a long time ago before the internet was really good with advertising. He would go out into the, the Apollo Theater in New York or something like that. 
and stand in front of the leader with these t-shirts just to make sales and so that really inspired me like you know um you know maybe there is enough traffic really in the world i mean because traffic is just people in order to make a killing and so the first thing i did was just you know they say model what works and so the first thing i did was i copied a campaign from you know a guy wrestler that you know used to wrestle in the ncaa's um he did something online that really went viral and so i copied his campaign because it worked obviously just to test how the traffic would work and so i took a poster board uh and i wrote i wrote on it take me down which is you know this is for the jones room it's a wrestling business essentially uh or a business that uses wrestling as well as many components to help with men's mental health i took a poster that says take me down and get paid um like as a wrestler like you take me down if you can do a double leg or take down and take me down i'll pay you for every takedown that you get on me um and i drew a bunch of dollar signs on it and things like that and then i went to santa monica pier on i think first of friday or thursday i went for probably three days or something like that and i just stood out on the pier with this poster board um and the entire plan was this um and, and um yeah, the entire plan was this, you know, they'll come up to me and say, okay, I want to get paid. Can I take, try to take you down? Uh, they'll scan like a QR code, uh, on my phone and they'll register for, you know, a session that I'll do at the top of every hour where we go down to the beach and they'll try to take me down. Uh, and here's the catch, you know, if they cannot take me down, they have to sign up for a class with a free wrestling class with me at the Jones room. Um, that was the initial idea now with time the idea evolved you know uh you know the idea became something different it was okay well you scan the qr code and i will teach you how to wrestle it'll be a free wrestling class and then you can try to take me down at the end and the entire idea behind this plan was just okay i want the traffic coming in and i want to capture a little bit of this traffic by getting email addresses and things like that and so you know that was that was that was the second iteration of the plan um what i've come to discover just being on the pier is that people are very skittish of social interaction and so they would go up to me and they would look at like a lot like people were very excited about it people would like point and smile and girls would like nudge their boyfriends which i would off i would recommend you don't do it so it might be a little embarrassing to them um uh people would take pictures and videos of it uh, they thought I was from TikTok and all types of things. It was funny. Uh, I posted it on social media and hold on. I got a call. I got to see if this audio is even still going. Yeah, I posted it on social media and, you know, I posted it on social media and what happened was, you know, it, it was, it was my most viewed and most liked post that I've ever had and so you know i knew that the idea and the message was good but the way that i was approaching people was was not people were skittish of social interaction even though they were completely interested in the hook in the headline uh the bait you know like i talked about the secret formula who is your customer where are they what is the bait and what is the result they were interested in the bait but just the way that i was delivering the bait uh you know caused a little bit of a problem like birds might eat worms just not if a person's holding it you know, kind of what it was. And so the next thing I did was I printed out 50, I wrote a sales letter because people didn't want to, also you got, you know, the way that people delivered, I thought was a, not that they were scared of social interaction in general, 
but I thought they were scared. Like, they didn't want to stop and talk. They were going to the beach and everything. Uh, and so they wanted to continue along with motion. That's one of the things that I learned from Owen Cook. He's a pickup artist. Uh, when you stop and want to talk to people on the streets, you don't stop them. You walk with them. And so to make the process a little easier uh, so that people would accept the bait, uh, the next thing I did was I printed out 50 envelopes. And, you know, I put, you know, sales, I, I printed out 50 sales letters, okay? And I put the sales letters in these envelopes. <coughs> and my idea was to hand it out to people. And so I actually want to read the sales letter that I wrote uh, just for the sake of, you know, the podcast. You know, it's interesting to add. Uh, I'm having trouble downloading Google Docs. I was downloading slowly but surely. You know, I put the sales letter in these envelopes so that I didn't have to jam people up just to smooth up my sales process uh, and get people in the door. Um, There's a German Shepherd walking down the street. It's a big German Shepherd, too. It's by itself. The lady just walked past it, so he's not, you know, going to harm anybody. But why is this dog by itself? That thing looks like a lion. Anyhow, uh, yeah, Google Docs is almost downloaded. It should be downloaded soon. Um, let's see, is it downloaded? You knew it was. Okay, so it's downloaded. So where is the sales letter? It's actually called Dearest Fellow Man. <laughs> it says, uh, I know my poster is obnoxious, a radical invitation to nature, but it's the only sign in this town inviting you to be strong again. Be honest with me. When's the last time you felt that way? Felt the strength and the courage to do just about anything you wanted? Felt certainty? Felt qualified? Felt able? When you were 16, 18, 20, or was it never at all? Regardless of the last time or date, know this. On these billboards overhead and the radios and your television plastered everywhere are the messages and ideas that have been designed to poison you and make you soft with time. Designed to deplete your courage, make you bloat, make you meek, make you unattractive. And regardless of however many days you wish to be different, all our greatest strength are always in a constant state of decay because of it. Same way if you, like I, haven't worked out since high school, the journey to the top of a simple staircase may seem more intimidating these days. And along that trend, the trivial 9 to 5 grind and the lonely, lustless, lackluster nights will wear you down till you're nothing physically, mentally, and socially. And the people to which you're supposed to be a hero, parents, wife, closest friends, you lack of, lack, your lack of significance may be all they know. Just look at the men in your life already. Is this who you want to become? I know this is a message is long-winded, but I thought it was important. Men's mental health and further war, men's mental fitness isn't talked about enough. You're, uh, deserved, you deserve to feel strong, to feel qualified, to feel admired, to feel able. Able to approach that girl without fear. Able to approach your supervisor for that raise. To approach your dreams in your life without the constant background hum of anxiety, doubting, undermining your decisions. Doubting and undermining your decisions. Or at the very least, you deserve to feel mentally sound without anxiety or depression or whatever else stealing your life away from greatness. And I can't promise to change it all, but I want to invite you to fight back. I care about you to the point where I'm here, willing to pay you to fight back. And here's my plan for us to do it. Scan a QR code below. And I had these 50 envelopes. And at the end, at the bottom of the, 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 the sales message was a QR code that would scan and bring them to the website where I could capture some of that traffic. I would retarget them with ads if I was able to get my ad account back on or use my girlfriend's ad account or something. Or I would just be able to collect their email and follow up with them through, through, through emails and things like that. Um, long story short, 
uh, it proved that people weren't skittish about stopping. They were skittish about being sold and being pulled into a social interaction in general because these are the things that happen in these places. Um, and this is an experience that a lot of us can relate to. When someone approaches me on a beach, on a boardwalk, in a mall, I kind of like, ugh, like, you know, don't really talk to me. Uh, I, I kind of shy away from them. And so, you know, I end up giving away one envelope and that person didn't even follow up. Uh, I spent money on probably like, how much did I spend? Let's see. Let's see. I don't even know where. I probably printed these from FedEx. FedEx, 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 FedEx. Here we go. Where is the total cost? I believe I spent $20. That's what I believe. That's my opinion, guys. Come on. Yeah, anyhow, I probably spent like $20, $30 printing out these envelopes. And they're sitting upstairs in my bag because I wasn't able to give away a single one. Uh, people are skittish of the social interaction. Um, the traffic is there, for sure. But people, they just don't necessarily want to interact with me in that way and it's something that I don't want to do either and so knowing that I've kind of devised this is my most recent play just in the last few days I spent $15.92 I believe I've devised a strategy to get people in um get in front of the traffic without me being there so people aren't worried about being sold something necessarily so they aren't skittish of me you know, swindling them and pulling high pressure tricks. And so, what I've done is, I've taken a list of where all the traffic is in my local area, um, which would be like Silver Lake and Santa Monica Pier. And I've went the classic route. How is it that we get people interested in things and to to sign up for things without us being there to scare them off? How is it that we give the word the worm to the bird without scaring it off? And the real answer to that question is, man, you just leave the worm there. And so I went the classic route and I've actually printed two posters from my Walgreens same day printing. Um, I printed one so far, but I'll print two soon uh, posters. And what I'm going to do is actually take these posters and I think I'm going to scale it up just to be as ridiculous as possible because, you know, marketing uh, is all about pattern interruption and being obnoxious. I make make banners you know like big big banners that I can place places um so people can see them and be like what is that you know as large as possible you know for the money I have it's not possible now but that's why I made the posters but I made two ads two posters and just trying something that's classic and outdated to bring a pattern back that people are not necessarily looking out for anymore or that's not oversaturated anymore everybody's online like Stephen Larson said he used direct mail because people have moved away from direct mail and his work performed tremendously um, which that's somebody I do want to have on the summit, but you know, it's hard to get an interview with the guy, but you know, I've learned from all this content and the things that he puts out so far. And so what I'm, what I've done is I've printed these advertisements and probably tomorrow because I'll be off tomorrow or the day after I'll go put these posters around town and try to, you know, as elementary as that strategy is and try to gather traffic because no matter how you slice it, a sales message is a sales message. And it works no matter which form it comes in. Just because the internet is around and sales messages can appear on your screen don't mean that sales messages cannot work in any other form or fashion. In fact, if you look at it, Hollywood is all billboards. Those are just, you know, flyers. 
big ass flyers posted on above where everybody can see them. They're just big ass flyers. And they spend millions on them a year because in some form or fashion, the traffic is all here and it works. So, uh, you know, we have a poster um, with a QR code at the bottom. And the poster is a little more simple. It's meant to provoke your curiosity and things like that. And so if I can find my Canva app, I can read to you what it says on the poster. If I'm not logged in, I'm not. I'm not. Okay, I'm logged in. Uh, it's a really a black. Okay, I logged in and it shut my recording off for whatever reason, but I am back. Okay, so I logged in and so essentially what the poster says, it says uh, it's like a black and white and red like Mad Men type poster. It says, Dear Men in the left hand corner, it says in big letters in the middle, your dating life and career and then in smaller red letters will be determined by your mental fitness. Scan below to join the 30 day challenge. Unlock your mental plus physical peak. Kill your mental hurdles 10 minutes per day. First hundred people only, and there's a little scan and barcode at the bottom that you can scan and log into the website. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know what it is that was chopped off in the audio. It probably was only like thirty seconds, but yeah, that, that that's what we're doing. And, and so, uh, I'll update you on how the flyers are working in tomorrow's podcast episode. Um, and uh, as to what the 30 day challenge is, is something that what, actually what the 30 day challenge is, is what we'll probably talk about tomorrow. And because the 30 day challenge is the front end, it's the entryway uh, to how people will be inducted to the Jones room movement and uh, be upsold through that process. Um, and, and, and it actually, you know, the strategy behind, you know, this way of in, inducting people into the movement is, is something that I learned from a summit speaker, Brian Lofermento. Um, Brian Lovermento, uh, you can follow him on Instagram. I, I met Brian. It, he has, I think, one of the fastest growing online fitness businesses in the world. He has multiple six-figure businesses, an amazing entrepreneur, a very kind person. And I enjoyed the interview that we did together um, where he gave me this bit of advice, which you can access the interview for the free, by the way, at becomingthecharacter.com. Um, you know, when, if you sign up for the free 30-day, uh, not 30-day summit, the free Becoming the Character Summit. Um, that won't be, you know, available to sometime in the far future, uh, or, or the near future rather. Um, but the bit of advice he gave me was, you know, do things that don't scale. Um, and essentially what that means is, um, well, it means what it means. Do things that don't scale, do things that are private and intimate for your core base in the early days, uh, in order to grow, uh, a, a really cult-like following a true, a, a base of true fans. Um, and there's something that is, you know, an opinion that's also echoed by one of the most brilliant business uh, owners of our time, Brian Chesky, CEO of Airbnb, founder of Airbnb. He said, do things, not, not something that a thousand people like, but you know, millions of people like, but do something that a hundred people love. And so the 30 day challenge is something that I think a hundred people will really, really love. It'll be an extremely intimate, close knit experience that I can't really scale but something that because of that will be very, very massively powerful in getting those first hundred people to really be core fans. And so that's what we're going to talk about in tomorrow's episode. I appreciate you for listening. And without further ado, peace out. Uh, if you want to get access to Becoming a Character Summit, you know, and learn the advice that I'm using as guiding my movements in building this movement, um, go to becomingthecharacter.com. I don't know if I have the page up. I'll see today maybe and fix it if if i have the time but yeah that's really all i have to say man thank you so much for listening i appreciate it it's dallas breeder rate and view the podcast if you want subscribe if you want i'll see you in the next episode peace out